Are your tents always flopping in the wind? Is your own... Fuck me. Are your tents always flopping in the wind? Is your town overrun by the blood-sucking undead? Then come on down to Chris Ruth Steakhouse. We have wooden steaks. Actually, we just have wooden steaks, but we have a lot of them, and you're going to need them. Whether you're tying your tent tot, bracing newly planted trees, or killing a horde of vampires, Chris Ruth Steakhouse is your one-stop shop for wooden steaks. Visit www.thicksteaks.com for our locations and operating hours. Hanson, and uh, I'm your host today, along with David Day. Hello. We're very important. We're very, we're very big in Norway. Very big. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. We finally hit number one in Norway, and thank you to all the Norwegians who mm-hmm. who made that possible. We appreciate you over there. It's like the motherland to half of me. Yeah. So, um, which half? The sexy half. Hey, yeah, I suppose so, huh? <laughs> um, so, if you're new to horror movie talk, um, we are a horror movie review show. We review a new horror movie every week and try to prioritize new releases. Um, go to our website at horrormovietalk.com to find links to all the things. Um, you'll probably be most interested in our Facebook group, which is the most active part of our social media. Not, I guess not so now. Have a much more social, more active social media ever since we... We're working on it. <laughs> started actually posting everywhere. Um, we post every Wednesday, so please subscribe and leave us a rating on Apple Podplop and other pod places. Um, if you want to leave us a voicemail, call 682-253-4468. Before we get started, let's just give... a. Big old thank you to our new patrons. You got that pulled up, David. Here we go. Thank you to... Listen, everybody who listens to the, to the show, truly, thank you. Thank you for listening. Um, thank you for supporting us with, uh, with, with your money, with your ratings, with your reviews, with your time, and just listening and sharing it with a friend. But special, special thanks to the following people who signed up on our Patreon. We have Sarah M., Julian K., Daniel P, Dominic P, Laura M, James H, Rebecca, Inspector Boogie, Corey, uh, Corey P, Joe P, lots of P's, Leah R, Logan W, Eddie D, Hazel, Spencer B, Chet R, 
and Alex D. Mm. Thank you to all of you people for supporting the show. We yes. really appreciate it. We lot. love all our listeners, but we actually love our patrons. That's right. Because you purchase our love. That's right. It's until, for sale. Until they cancel. And then out on the streets with you. <laughs> <laughs> to the unwashed mass. Um, we'll start out our episode today giving a brief review and a score for the movie. Did I mention what we're reviewing yet? I don't think no. so. No. Today, this is a special nostalgia trip for your yours truly, Bryce Hansen. Uh, we're reviewing... 1992's Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That's right. No, not the TV show. No. The original movie. Written by? Joss Whedon. This is his first, is this his first effort? It's his first, like, big, well, it's his first movie. Like, he wrote for Roseanne and, like, some Mm. other TV show. But just as like a staff writer, this is like the first movie that he wrote, or first like single thing that yeah, he, he really did. And I just FYI, like going into this, I have n- I had never seen this yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, and uh, and also FYI, never, never before has Carrie, my wife, shown such an interest really in coming on the show. Really? She almost did it. Why isn't she here? Well, she almost was, but she's like, eh. I mean, oh man, just a hair away. You should have just told me. You would have. Uh, I would have had you bring over the kids. Um. Yeah. No. That was that was how how I said it would go. Um. But she. I think. Uh, I think it's. I think she's holding out for Heather's or uh, the Burbs. Heather's isn't a horror movie. Yeah, it is. It's as it's as much a horror movie as this. I guess. I mean, that's... I mean, The Burbs is, right? I guess we did review Stranger by the Lake. Yeah. So, I mean, anything's fair game. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Really, we could be reviewing Avengers Endgame or something. Right. (laughs) There's a monster. There's a big old purple monster, and they gotta kill him. Yeah, no, this was... She was like, you've never seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer? I was like, well, I've seen little bits and pieces. I remember as a kid once, somebody being like, ah, David can't watch this. It's too scary for David. And they were right at the time. I was like, you know, six or seven. And uh, Hmm. this would have just... It would have been too much for me. Would have ruined you. Yeah, I haven't seen any of the TV show like that. Yeah, me neither. That was a phenomenon while we were growing up. Yeah, well... Not quite grown up. I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, kind of, I suppose. It's 97 is when the show started. Is that when it started? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, but but huh. at the peak of Sarah Michelle Gellar's uh, reign. Man, I would have thought it started. I guess that kind of tracks, because that's when I was in high school. So, yeah, it was, it was huge in high school. You high school in 97? Mm-hmm, I graduated in 2000. Dang. You graduated in 2000? Yeah. You're three I'm a years. Fucking old man, dude. Uh, dude yeah. My age starts with a four now. Ew. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, let's see. Let's. I gotta find out where um, <coughs> Buffy actually started. Continue. Okay, so we're gonna start out with a review and give our score for the movie. We score on a scale of one to ten. One being a miserable dredge where it makes you angry, angry, angry. Five being an average film that hits all the expected marks, and ten being so good it transcends genre boundaries. After we give our score, there will be a delineated section where we get into spoilers. So if you haven't seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer, 
Um, well, first of all, you're 30, 30 years late, but, uh, on the other hand, you can bounce if you, if you need to watch it and come back and listen to the spoiler section. Um, later on, we'll be checking our voicemail in a bit we call horror movie whores. And, um, yeah. So yeah, we watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer and it was like, oh my God, as if. Here's the trailer. Here's the trailer. <laughs> I just met this girl named Buffy. I'm Pike. Pike isn't a name. It's a fish. I liked her, even though she seemed kind of flaky. But as it turns out... You have been chosen, Buffy. To do what? To stop the vampires. Does Elvis talk to you? And things started getting weird around here. Are we having a nightmare? You threw a knife at my head. And you caught it. She was the one person I could really count on. Kill him a lot. Hi. Hi. What are you doing here? What am I doing here? I'm saving your butt. That is a bad guy. Can we go, please? The Slayer is unmasked. Let's finish it. I think this relationship has potential. How's it going? You're obviously having a bad hair day. If she can just get rid of those other guys in her life. Stab him in the heart. Christy Swanson. I am so sure. Donald Sutherland. Ah, ah. Paul Rubens. Ah. With Rutger Hauer and Luke Perry. Buffy, you're not like other girls. Oh. Yes, I am. Buffy. The Vampire Slayer. You didn't even break a nail. Directed by Fran Rubel Kazooie. I really do miss, like, the trailers that have voiceovers. They're just... They're just better. Are they? They are. Yeah, I guess they are. They're, they're much better to listen to on an audio podcast, that's, that's for certain. That's true. Um. So, yeah... Buffy the Vampire Slayer is available for rent at the places where you rent things. Um, before she was an iconic television heroine, Buffy was first found on the silver screen starring Christy Swanson. The the cutest girl I've ever seen. Ever. Yeah. Ever. I've never seen a cuter girl than... Christy Swanson in Buffy the Vampire yeah. Slayer. Ever. Ever. Yeah. She stars and co-stars her nipples in this movie. <sighs> Man, 90s were peak for nipples. They dialed into in what America culture. wanted. Man, like, you watch Friends. Holy shit. Oh. Just Jennifer Aniston is like, she's like. Boy, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> it's like she's storing pencil erasers in there. Calm down, Beavis. <laughs> Did you watch that? Oh, yeah. The new one? <laughs> yeah. We, uh, Horror Movie Talk, uh, got a subscription to Paramount Plus, and as such, has been, r- I've been running through all of Beavis and Butthead's mm-hmm. library. Do they have the whole thing there? Yeah. Oh, do wow. America. I gotta do that. Then. All the seasons. Yeah. Man, I gotta watch the seasons. Do they have, yeah. Because I remember they, they edited, a, <laughs> heavily edited the episodes at a certain point. And Beavis and Butthead's thing, just because you know some kids set their place on fire and blamed fire. on Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, that Beavis and Butthead new movie is pretty funny. 
Like the the college scene is probably the best. Thing. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty fabulous. I'm gonna see if I can't pull up a clip. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Pretty great. Um, anyways, um, so considering this movie is 30 years old, I'm not sure how many people actually remember it, let alone the WB television show. Is it WB? I think it's WB. Um, no, it's well. Yeah, maybe it is. Yeah, it's probably the WB, television. Huh? Um. However, uh, people probably know Joss Whedon, its writer, since he's written and directed some of the highest grossing films of all time in the last decade. Which boggles my mind that this is a Joss Whedon thing, because it is, it's rough. It is rough. Yeah, it's a little, I mean, considering this is his first thing, it's, it's got a lot of Joss Whedon trademarks on it. Like he's, I'm so interested to hear, because I'm not a Whedon aficionado. Sounds like you are f- very familiar with. I mean, I know I didn't watch again. I didn't watch this TV series, but I've watched a lot of Whedon stuff, and and uh, he's he's good for what he is. Like he basically established, um, well, I don't know if you can blame him for that, but like we'll get into it later. Okay, Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon is not one to be slept on. Um. Buffy in this film is the stereotypical valley girl of the 90s. Actually, the valley girl trope has been around since the 80s and well into the 90s. Wonder was this was two years before Clueless, which is... Clueless was 94? Clueless was 94. Damn, I thought Clueless would have been late, much later than that. But, I mean, this was, this was so yeah. fucking Clueless. So valley girl. It was so... Like... It's hard to believe that this that Clueless took obviously took a lot of inspiration from this. Well, I think the the original is the film called Valley Girl, which stars Nicolas Cage and someone else. Okay, a, a Valley Girl, I'm assuming. But uh, yeah, the the Valley Girl trope has been around. I'm so sorry. Nine, Hang on, Jesus. Wait, I'm just trying to. Um, oh, I have ad blocking. I need to pause it. Um, so yeah, they, this is the type that opened Sir Mix-a-Lot's hit single of the same year, I Like Big Butts, when I was if you're familiar. Jesus Christ, David. I'm sorry, I'm trying to get the clip you want. <laughs> From Beavis and Butthead, do the universe. I can pause it. Okay, hold on. Um, where was I? So yeah, this is the type of Valley Girl that opened Sir Mix-a-Lot's hit single of the same year. This came out in 1992, also. This is where I think, like, it really, for my generation, entered pop culture. Oh, my God. Becky, look at her butt. It is so big. She looks like one of those rap guys' girlfriends. Anyways. Um, Your generation? Assuming that I'm a different generation from you? Yeah. yeah. Am I? You're you're so much younger than me. How, How old are you? Okay, our generation. Okay. Um, well, the fact that you're like, I'm too young to watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Did you watch it in 92? Yeah, I watched it in 92. See, I had parents that loved me and didn't want me mm. to, uh, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> All that. Just joking. Josh. Um, so Buffy is vapid, dumb, and flaky. Uh, when an infestation, infestation of vampires begin to invade LA and her high school, Hawthorne High, a mysterious man in a trench coat, which starts creeping on Buffy, which 
we just don't bat an eye at. Uh, he shows up. Um, his name is Merrick. He informs Buffy that she has been chosen to be the latest in a long line of vampire hunters um, throughout history. Buffy has no interest, but she finds she has a natural knack for slaying. She decides to team up with Merrick and train so she can defeat Lothos, the ancient vampire that is the leader um, of the vampires that are the cause of the recent... Vampire. I should, I should have edited this. Lothos, the, the leader of the vampires that are infesting the area. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a lot of nostalgia for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I watched it several times in the 90s as a prepubescent little fat kid. Um, I remember it for having some iconic performances and scenes. But upon checking the Rotten Tomatoes critic score, it sits at 36%. Am I so out of touch? Yes. No. It's the critics who are wrong. Oh. Uh, uh, actually, they're not that far off. Watching it yesterday, I tried to put off nostalgia and, and be unbiased. It has some good bones. There are some great performances, and Joss Whedon's writing does shine through, but it's bogged down by poor direction. Christy Swanson, Donald Sutherland, Paul Rubens, Rutger Hauer, and Luke Perry all bring the appropriate amount of gravitas and goofiness that the high-concept screenplay demands. The dialogue is top-notch, creating compelling characters while placing it squarely in the ni- in 90s L.A. Where it has problems is when it comes to establishing stakes, no pun intended, and establishing the lore in a compelling way. This is often blamed on changes made to Joss Whedon's original script, which resulted in him walking away from the set halfway through production. There's a comic book series called Buffy the Vampire Slayer The Origin that I read um, yesterday as well that you can read the original vision of Joss Whedon that he had for this film. And it's actually nearly identical. A lot is made about, oh, they made so many changes to the script. Um, They didn't make that many changes, but they are important changes. Mm. And I can't say that it would have solved all the problems in the movie, Mm -hmm. because the problem is the direction. And I I don't think they were kind of up to the task. Um, but some of the choppiness of like the scenes and stuff still remained in that comic book. It it would have felt kind of disjointed, even if it was the original screenplay, but the stuff that they took out was, um, uh, some of the darker elements. Like there's a couple key scenes where it is a much darker tone and, it also goes to greater lengths to establishing the lore and like kind of the, the backstory of the vampire slayers and it would have worked a little better, but, but really, um, yeah, like I said, I'm not sure it would have improved the film a ton where the film starts to fall apart is the choppy and sometimes confusing editing and direction. It's clear that the studio and or director wanted to de-emphasize the darker elements of the story and focus more on the lighthearted comedic aspects. What they didn't understand is that those dark moments help to sell the comedy and make it a much more compelling film if executed right. The stakes are never truly established because we're never shown that Buffy particularly cares about her school or any of her similarly vapid friends. We're given scant details of the main villain and when the main confrontations occur, they seem arbitrary and rushed. Yeah, that's that is the truth. Yeah. In the end, while it still holds a special place in my heart, I can see the flaws in the movie and it's just I. Like it's it's a 
I can't even say it's an average movie. Like, there's a couple things where it's just like, how did that get across? Like, what? Why didn't any, anyone pipe up and say like, this is confusing? How yeah. You, how you uh, edited this, or like, can't we explain this part before this part? Yeah. There's, <clears throat> what are you giving this? Then? Um, I give it a four out of ten. I, I, it's in in that zone of like. It's interesting to see, like it's it's. I think it's definitely like I would still recommend some people see it. It's um, because it's super it's, interesting. Yeah, I mean, this movie is like the motherfucking boogie nights of horror movies. Like this, <laughs> this movie has so many people in it, uh-huh. so many, even for the time, big people like. Or, uh, yeah, even for the time, big people. Um, yeah, big people for the time and, like, newcomers that were, who like... Just, yeah, but we're cutting now, now we know of them. I mean, like, so this is Hilary Swank's first movie. Yeah, I'm sitting there, I'm like, is that Paul Rubens? Yeah, is Paul that Rubens. Rutger Hauer? What? Rutger Hauer's in this? Is that fucking... Donald Sutherland, like, wait, Luke Perry's in this? There's even a moment where Ben Affleck is on the screen, and yeah. I'm like, what's that, huh? I mean, Hillary Swank, David Arquette, you know, like, Christy Swanson, like... See, I don't know how many of these people are impressive to anyone else other than people that grew up in the 90s. Stephen Root, like, everybody knows Stephen Root. Everyone knows Stephen Root Everyone knows... Thomas Jane is in this movie, the lead from The Mist... You know, the... Oh, where was Thomas cut, Jane? I, cut jaw, dude. He's Zeph as Tom Jane's. Like, this movie has so many people that are memorable in it. He, he, this was a very young Thomas Jane. Um, was like, he the boyfriend? Um, let's see. It has... I can't remember I mean, who Thomas the, Jane the was. the uncredited now. Ben Affleck thing uh, blew me away. <laughs> I was just like... That has to be Ben Affleck <laughs> as a basketball player, and and sure enough, it is. Yeah, and uh, and so it's a it is it's impressive in that it's uh, just a just a kind of a garbage movie <laughs> that has that has all this magnetic pull for. Yeah, I mean it's it's an interesting, like you said, it, it is kind of a garbage movie in that it's very disposable, like. Yeah. There is no reason to like preserve this necessarily. Um, Not true. I'll get into that in a minute. But on it's one of those where it's like even though it's it's kind of like disposable, it's so unique. Yeah. Especially at the time, like I don't think there was I don't think this type of high concept thing was well, I don't know. I guess I would do, have to do a review of early '90s movies, but um, it seems advanced for the tone that it's trying to set, at least. Yeah, um, I'll say. The, yeah, the director uh, Fran Rubu Kuzui uh, did no favors to this movie, mm-hmm. um, and I think the thing that you that I will be discounting but needs uh, i shouldn't um or is this movie is important because of the empowerment that it definitely definitely gave little girls of the time 
every woman I've talked to uh-huh. has been like Buffy the Vampire Slayer with Christy Swanson. And I've never understood it uh, until I watched it with Carrie. And she's like, this made me feel like, like such a badass, like mm-hmm. so represented, like so mm-hmm. like there's a girl. She's pretty and she's kicking ass. She's mm-hmm. competent. And like and she you she sat there through this terrible movie enthralled because she remembered you know her childhood being like look at what you can do you're a cool thing yeah which is interesting because the the actual character of buffy is very one dimensional <laughs> like it's um well i don't know that that's not yeah, true it's, it's up for debate i it's, think it's like at least for the first half of the movie she's um She's this is like a, a standard. She's a trope. Well, this is a standard kind of hero's tale kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. which is like um, the hero is is selfish and one sided until they are faced with great uh, peril, and then they grow into the role of the responsibility that they are given. Mm-hmm. And this is definitely that. It's just it's just it's harder for you and I, um, having grown up as little boys, mm-hmm. to to um, to see it as to see this one-dimensional character filling herself out, mm-hmm. kind of, so to speak, and filling out all that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, but seriously, like, I think a lot of women uh, our age will have derived a great amount of, like, importance from mm-hmm. this yeah. in, in the genre. Um. So, yeah, I mean, it's not my highest scores, 4 out of 10, but I still, I still like it, and I still recommend people see it. Um, cause I think it's kind of a forgotten film that is interesting enough to, I mean, it's not long. I'll tell it's, you. It's fun. It is a fun movie that. Yeah. It's fun enough. Uh, I give it about a three. Really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, somewhere around there. We're not far off on that. Um, but this is, this is definitely guilty of one of my favorite things, which is casting very old people as high schoolers. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> a twenty-four or five-year-old Christy Swanson, like Luke Perry, already looks like he's smoked seven thousand uh-huh. packs of cigarettes. His yeah. face is kind of weirdly taut. Um, yeah, this was two years into Beverly Hills Nine Hundred Two and Zero, I think, and so that is like the best example of like old <laughs> yeah. adults yeah. playing high schoolers. There's like. Who is it? The the blonde haired guy that is also like 10, 15 years older than the rest of the cast. He, he legit looks like 37. And he's like, guys, let's hey, go, fellow kids, let's go play some stickball. <laughs> I'm just part of the union. And it's like, OK, um, yeah, no, I, I, I'll say like when I think so that for me, this is, movie is important because when I think of Donald Sutherland, I think of this movie. This was like my first Donald Sutherland movie. And when I think of Paul Rubens post Pee Wee Herman, this is like peak. Well, not peak, but I mean, this is like the example of like, oh, this is what he's going to do now. Is this after Pee Wee Herman? This was the first thing he did post um, getting caught masturbating in a theater. Man, I remember that being such a scandal. Like, I mean, it was huge back then. I was only like eight. Yeah. It was so scandalous. And it's like, dude, can we like agree that that's not a big deal? I mean, back then it was though. I mean, it's it was a different time. 
you know, it was like <laughs> at one side, it's like the threshold for scandal was much lower, but uh-huh. also it was also much higher in some ways. Yeah. I think the the moral like threshold was set by, you know, conservative Christians, you yeah. know, and so the some stuff that seemed like, well, that's not a big deal was a big deal. Yeah. And stuff that was would be considered a huge deal now is not like, oh, what? Yeah. Yeah, we use the word dyke as a pejorative. Like, yeah. That's just, no one likes yeah, gay people. Yeah, I guess, and, and it, it, I mean, I guess it was a little bit more scandalous because it'd be like, you know, I mean, not that Pee Wee Herman was like the most wholesome thing for kids, but it was a kid's show. It wasn't, oh, yeah. it wasn't like as if uh, the Blues Clues guy got caught masturbating in a theater but it wasn't far off from that. I, yeah, it's not far off. Right. Yeah. I think it's just the thing of, like, you do not want to associate that character or that actor with anything sexual. Right. <laughs> Feel like catching Mr. Rogers come out of a porno shop. No, you'd never so, catch that. That no, could never happen. That would never happen. That's some alternative universe bullshit. Anyway, yeah, this fun movie, uh, not great. <laughs> Yeah, important uh, for a number of reasons. kicked a uh, kicked off a lot of careers. I can't, I I just can't believe how many people were in this. Okay, so if you just listen to some commercials, you should know that you don't have to. You can go to our Patreon page and subscribe to the six dollars and sixty six cent tier or above, and you get early access to episodes after we edited them without ads. Um, and you can get your, your name called out on the podcast and, and, uh, gratitude, uh, because we are very grateful to our patrons. Um, you can also support the show by going to our website, horrormovietalk.com and go to our shop there. You can, uh, buy our logo tees or our stickers and other stuff when we get around to it. Um, please appreciate the artwork that accompanies each episode because that's done by our resident artist, Dustin Goebel. He's a professional artist who fucks hard. He also takes commissions for artworks for artworks yeah, from are. HMT fans. Um, you can contact him on Instagram at D Goebel zero zero. That's at D G O E B E L zero zero. Um, if you want to leave us a voicemail call six, eight, two, two, five, three, four, four, six, eight. Thanks again. Let's get into spoilers. All right. So before we begin, we got to play the Beavis and Butthead clip that we were talking about, which is this is this is a really good illustration of the 90s mentality in modern day society i'm so glad like, this is a really good juxtaposition i'm so, like that was the best part about beavis and butthead do the universe which is not a lot of great stuff about it right other than the fact that it didn't change a little bit right like it's still <laughs> like it did not it wasn't like you know this is a sign of the times we beavis and butthead need to change they did not make him smarter at all. The, well, the brilliant thing about Beavis and Butthead is they were always meant to be a cautionary tale. Right. It's just... But, you know, the importance of Beavis and Butthead at the time, do you remember, like, 
videos from like the 90s, there was so many articles about the quote unquote yeah. dumbing down of America. Yeah. And it cited these <laughs> these shows and movies that were just about very, very dumb characters. And uh, turns out the dumbing of down of, Mer- of America um, was way better accomplished through social media. Yeah, like, oh, all, all yeah. you have to do is yeah. sh- let Americans meet Americans, and then all of a sudden, it's a lot more dumb. Yeah, and then take out all the new nuance of in in person reaction, and then right. all of a sudden, it's just it's just dumb, dumb. Okay. It's a quaint time when. When uh, two very, very dumb cartoon characters worried the world that, oh, is this, so, is this what we've become? So to, we're going to intro you to this clip. This is uh, Beavis and Butthead uh, got transported through time from 97 or so yeah. to now. And now they are in a college campus and they are learning about... Yeah, they just walked into a gender studies class. Right, they're learning about white privilege. So yeah. here here we go. What you thought of the reading assignments for today? Uh, we don't really read stuff. Of course not, because you don't need to. Because Daddy's Connections got you into college and will get you a job on Wall Street. Uh, wait a minute. Do you know who my dad is? <laughs> I'm sure he's very powerful and can have me fired, but I don't care. Whoa. Cool. My dad's powerful. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Because <laughs> Butthead's mom said he died of syphilis. Wow. <laughs> this is a classic example of white privilege. And you both have it. Uh, what's that? Anyone want to fill them in? <laughs> um, yeah, I'll do it. Okay. So, white privilege is when white people, particularly men, automatically assume they can take whatever they want. And they never have to worry about getting stopped by the police. And they have the inside track for any job they... I've got this one, Aisha. They have the inside track (laughs) for any job they want. Exactly, Gage. Thank you for that. (laughs) That's white privilege. Whoa. And we have that? You sure do. You sure do. I see. (laughs) Whoa. I never realized this stuff. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, you've really opened up my eyes. Well, I'm glad we've been able to enlighten you. The real question is, do you think you'll be acting differently from now on? Definitely. Uh, I guarantee it. (laughs) Yeah, me too, yeah. Step aside, please. We have white privilege. (laughs) Yeah, 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 check it out. (laughs) Step aside, please. We have white privilege. Me kicking the door to the cafeteria and just start taking food off of people's plates. Like, keep playing it, keep playing okay. it. Okay. Don't worry, it's okay. We automatically assume we can take what we want, and we don't have to worry about the police. It's okay, you didn't know. We didn't either. Good stuff now. Just this is what we were taught. Uh-huh. Looting. We're subverting existing paradise. <laughs> This rules. Okay. We're subverting existing <laughs> paradigms. It's okay. You didn't know. I didn't know either. I didn't know either. Fucking <laughs> 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 man. I almost wonder if, like, the purpose of that movie was just to do that yeah, scene. Yeah, it does feel that way. It feels like, like the whole movie is built around that yeah, scene. Yeah, because that feels... That scene... Would basically be an episode oh, of the yeah, show. Yeah, no. Th- that would be the whole episode. Would be that scene, but he can't be like, well, I can't just put out one episode. Mike Judge was brilliant at at being like, how do I get the most amount of traction out of this one line? 
funny. <laughs> well, let's just sandwich it between music videos and giggling. Right. It's right. like <laughs> tits. <laughs> it's like okay. All right. So, How much mileage can you get out of that? Right. <coughs> so yeah, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um so it starts out kind of rough. Like this is the first example of like that's the editing choice you're making. Like cuz it starts out with a flashback that lasts for like 15 seconds it feels like. It's it's nothing. Like and it's shown this like medieval vampire slayer and then it cuts to modern days like almost immediately. Um it explains the lore a little bit that there's always a singular female vampire hunter um, and that torch is passed down to, you know, another uh, woman. Um, but I found it curious that, but it's the responsibility of some guy to do it. <laughs> it's well, like, you got to have someone, you got to have some guy to mansplain it to him, like. Well, he's the father figure. I sure. Mean, you know, it takes a village. Um, it, and then it, the opening credits is the is Buffy and her other friends being cheerleaders at a game. And I loved how convincing the bad cheerleading was. Like, it wasn't like the choreography was just off enough. Yeah. It's really like, yeah, they probably had like one run through of this. Yeah. And, and did it. Uh, however, later in the film has... For me, one of the most iconic cheers on film for me, like when it came on, I was like flooded with like the memory of like, oh my God, I know all of this. Which one? It's like, how funky is your chicken? How funky is your chicken? How loose is your goose? Our goose is totally loose. So come on, all you hog fans. So come on, all you hog fans and shake your caboose and shake your caboose. I don't think they ever did my favorite one. Which was? Be aggressive. B-E aggressive. B-E-A-G-G-R-E-S-S-I-V-E. <laughs> um, so it starts out with that, and we're introduced to all the, the different characters. Um, I think we mentioned this was Hillary Swank's first movie. Um, yeah, Hillary Swank. Everybody is in this. Yeah. Um. It does, it does right out the gate. It does, you go, boy, even without like the foreknowledge of the show existing, you're like, this would be better as a show. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And because there's, there's probably for a movie, there's too many characters, probably. There's too many characters. And also the setup is, is cumbersome and would be handled better in an episodic way. Right. You know, it's just like, I mean, if you had a talented director, uh, you know, uh, and, you know, and... Yeah, I think, yeah, a couple... I, the one thing that blows my mind about this movie, aside from the amazing cast, is, like, this was a huge blockbuster movie. Like, how? how? Like, why? You know, like... Was it a huge success? I don't I don't recall whether it was... I don't know if it was a huge, a huge success at theaters. I... I, I I just remember it being such a part of mm-hmm. the zeitgeist so quickly. Like, everybody was just like, yeah, vote Buffy the fucking thing. Yeah. Um, well, I think we covered a lot of this in the, the pre-spoiler stuff. Um, I like... Luke Perry is very good in this in this one. Like, I think he's... 
it's one of those where Luke Perry um, got big way too early and he didn't make the transition into serious actor quick enough. And I know like um, Quentin Tarantino was a huge fan of him on, uh, I think he was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and was like, this guy's great, but he like died almost immediately after that, was it? Am I remembering that wrong? Uh, uh, he died in 2018 of a massive stroke. Yeah, he was he was just starting to get like back into the zeitgeist, and and died of a of a stroke. But um, he's a talented actor, and and as a young actor back then, like he was able to play this part very well. And it's different from the cool Dylan of uh, Beverly Hills 90210. And this one, he's he's a stoner, and there's they're coming out of a theater, and he just gives one look to, like the jock in the car. I'm like, that's that's pretty solid. Well, Carrie had a had an interesting take. She's like, dude, I bet, I bet Luke Perry and David Arquette were best friends from the moment they met. <laughs> that probably makes sense, yeah. And I was like, oh, you think so? Like, I just, you think of David Arquette, and you definitely you have a. You you know you you're like oh yeah David Arquette you know yeah just uh, you're unbelievably goofy right like uh, his life is a is a trope uh-huh. almost yeah and then and then I guess yeah it does kind of make sense you're like oh yeah I guess Luke Perry you can't but anyway um yeah Luke Perry in this was great uh um it it, it moves on and like pretty soon. It has another flashback to the medieval time, and it's like almost like the opening scene was unfinished. Like they just chopped it in half. And yeah. was like, we'll show this half here, and it's so disjointed. They should have just gotten rid of this whole thing. I, they just wanted this so, so that they could shoehorn in Donald Sutherland into a part. It well, seemed like yeah. I mean the the in the comic it makes more sense, and this is something that would have worked better, which. They have these examples of vampire slayers throughout history. And so it had like an example of the one in the medieval times, the one that was, there was like a Chinese prostitute and there was one that was like something, something else. But Buffy would have flashbacks in her sleep of previous lives. Um, and it worked a little better and it established the lore more. With I think it just also, doing a couple more touches of that instead of like shoehorning it in, like I think it also established a little bit of like the I know kung fu moments, right. where where she went from just being, you know, a cheerleader who knew, uh, who who knew to do, how to do cheers and stuff to being basically basically a martial arts expert. Right. There um, is a little element of of her being a Mary Sue in this to where like almost immediately she's an effective vampire slayer. You know, um, and then they go through these. That's the other thing that makes no sense is like the first time that she's exposed to vampires, she's like expert at slaying it. But then they go into like a full on training montage. It's like, well, she seemed pretty good already. Yeah, but this is the, this is a sign of the times. <laughs> sure. Motherfucking montage. Montage. Um, A lot of the dialogue is great. And like this is. Where some of the... Do you disagree? Oh, I mean, no. I, on the one hand, it's I, I, it's a strange thing to say it's great. 
Uh, on the other hand, it's it's uh, generation defining. It's it is literally clueless. Two years before clueless, like it's yeah. so three years before valley girl it's so like i mean it's it's not yeah it's the trope is not new but like the jokes interspersed between them in between the the characters are pretty great like this is where joss whedon shines which is like the the cheerleaders are brainstorming like okay so we gotta have a fundraiser like for what how about the environment People are yeah like totally. so yeah so what what are like things that you know what what are some causes we can do to help the environment and they're like um like litter I guess <laughs> forest fire yeah forest fire yeah bugs yeah like, oh I yeah hate bugs. I hate bugs yeah and the ozone layer oh yeah we got to get rid of that we got to get rid of that yeah <laughs> it's like believable enough for someone that doesn't know. It's just like a very believable, dumb dialogue. Yeah. Like, I can't believe my world history teacher failed me just for not knowing what where El Salvador was. I mean, I don't even know about Spain. I don't know anything about Spain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, again, that's like kind of uh, Joss Whedon's specialty. And that's why he kind of lives really well in the Marvel Cinematic Universe because... That is, if it weren't for that, there would be no movie. It'd just be fights. Yeah, it's it, that is like the MCU brand is like, like <laughs> witty quip, witty quip, witty quip, and witty quip. Yeah, and Joss Whedon is very good at that. Um, so yeah, if you if you aren't a Joss Whedon fan, the, the things he's most known for is the Buffy show, uh, probably far followed by Firefly, but now is known as like the guy who directed Avengers and um, he did Avengers age of Ultron too, which both of those are the ninth and 12th highest grossing movies of all time. Yeah. So he's a big deal. Um, And then he got kind of canceled. He got wrapped up in the me too movement as being kind of a creep, which is like one of those examples of like, mm, yeah, these, cause he's so associated with like strong female characters and female empowerment in his scripts. Uh, but also is sounds like he was also kind of a creep <laughs> to women on sets. So, you know, you can't win for losing. I mean, it is weird how all these super talented left kind of dudes in the talent industry are all creeps how does that work why is that well it's like what happens is okay you have testicles and you have power that's the only recipe that you need like that's literally it it doesn't matter who you are if you have testicles and you have power you're going to use it to try to get laid. I'm trying to hone in because it's not like Rick Moranis ever had any any fucking shit, la- you know, labeled against him, right? Not that we know of. Pfft, come on. But I mean, he's he wasn't an all powerful force necessarily. Okay, then you know, go with go with Steve Martin. You know, like 
Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Well, I like I, I'm just trying to put. I'm just trying to like. Really, I mean, dial obviously, in. it's not it's not every man, but it's oh, it's eh? the you uh you can't say that. <laughs> but it's a possibility for all men. Like it's not. See, that's the thing. Creepy things cross men's mind. Every man's mind thinks creepy thoughts. And some of us are better at stopping ourselves to act upon them. That's when you hear like... It helps to have no options. Right. That's that's when it... When you see like... I can't believe that that guy like... Would invite that woman up to their hotel room. And like frame it in terms of like a professional relationship. I mean... I feel like... Every every man internally is like, yeah, kind of, I kind of makes sense. Like, why you, why you would do that? Hmm. Like, it's not a good idea. Obviously, like you shouldn't do it. But understanding the motivations, like, no, I get, yeah, I get it. Like, I get why he wanted to do it. But uh, yeah. Oh wow, he wrote <laughs> Alien Resurrection. Yeah, the worst of the Alien <laughs> movies. He also did the screenplay for uh, Toy Story and Titan A.E. Both. <coughs> yeah, he was, he was one of the many credited screenwriters on Toy Story. Sure. There's like eight yeah. people that are credited for Toy Story. How do you know this? How many people are I looked credited on IMDb for before. Of, yeah. I was just, I mean, I was looking this morning. So, um, yeah, that was one that like stood out. It was like screenplay by Joss Whedon. And I was like, what the heck? And I went to the Toy Story page, and he wasn't even listed. You have to, like, expand to get to his name. Um. So, yeah, we mentioned Paul Rubin. So, Pee Wee Herman. This is post-jacking off at the movies. And this is an example of how good he can be in a comedic role. He was like, great. Oh, well, really, for one specific scene. Like, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, Probably the uh, most iconic death scene on film it's great like it's it's great i'm still not sure whether or not he was like in my mind uh, like watching that scene where she kills paul rubens and he's like "Ooh, ah oh i was like oh his character is trying to like play it up for her to be like look how dumb you are like you can kill me Uh but then he dies but then i'm still stuck in this like is he though? Is he really dead? Because the post credit scene with him going still. Did you watch the post credits? <laughs> yeah. Where he was like, oh, <coughs> ah, ooh, and he's yeah. Just, I think that was more of an outtake though. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's played for comedic event. It, it's it's just a comedic death. So funny. But it's so good. Yeah. Um, that was another <laughs> that was another great line. It's like he's like, oh, because at this point, Luke Perry has. Um, caused one of Paul Rubin's arms to be removed. Um, and then so he's armless. He he lost his left arm for for most of the movie. Okay, and like he's having a conversation with Buffy. He's like, "I'm more than human. I'm all powerful. I can do anything." She goes, "Okay, clap." 
<laughs> Which is such a great line. Yeah, that is that is uh, that's an iconic. I remember kids mentioning that line yeah. in school and being like, "Okay, well, you know, like," or setting up on the playground like a situation where they could say that witty line and be cool for it. You know, like I took your arm off. Okay, clap, and then it's like, "Whoa, look at what Jocelyn just did!" So yeah, cool. You know. Um. Yeah, so I mean, it it all points to like Joss Whedon is a talented writer. He's 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 funny. Um, so I like there's so America's kind of creeping around, and they kind of comment on that. You know, like why are you creeping on me, dude? But eventually, Merrick takes her out to this graveyard to introduce her to to vampires, and he's like, "It's okay, just I want to show you." And then immediately, Merrick is overtaken by the vampire. That's coming out of the grave. It's like, it was comical how yeah. ineffective he was. It's like, oh, you do this much? Um, again, like all all the performances of the main characters are great. I think Sutherland is great as Merrick. Paul Rubens is great. Rutger Hauer is hamming it up in his role. I wish there was more of him, especially. Like, that's another thing that felt very thin was doesn't really talk much about the threat of the villain or what his motivations were other than like, he's the big bad. Yeah. So be, be scared. Like, yeah. It's a- and the stuff that's kind of like thrown in feels like unexplained. Like he's able to hypnotize Buffy kind of, but it's not really established. It just kind of happens. And yeah, it's I not mean, like the threat of that isn't really explained. It's a super simple movie. Yeah. It's like what it's it's like what more they're vampires. What more do you need? Like they're bad. Like right. they're just bad. And, and that's I guess, you know, like it's I guess it it, it seems to work decently. It's just kind of they try to add all this extra stuff on to it, like all this meaning and stuff and that all kind of falls flat. It would have been better if they just played it yeah. Yeah, no, he's a vampire. <laughs> uh, which I guess is, is what they did. I guess my criticism is the the backstory with uh with Buffy. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. Um let's see. What do we talk about? Yeah, this another example of the direction being just like confusing is that Buffy is confronted by Lothos. Like, there's all these vampires that, like, surround That's Rutger her. Hauer? Yeah. Okay. Rutger Hauer. And, like, they surround her, and it's like, they already have, like, their first kind of confrontation, and that's what results in Merrick's death. Um, But then, like, two scenes later, they're like, we found out who the Slayer is. <laughs> it's Buffy. It's like, what? Yeah, you're you paying, already met her. You're paying way too much attention to this movie. I mean, it's it's just like confusing. It's like, and in the comic, it's it does a similar thing, but it's more of like we finally know her name now because this high school vampire knows her. Like a lot of this stuff is like it's a lot better sequenced and explained in in like the original screenplay. Um, so the two things that they changed that were really big and actually made a difference and and would have made it probably a better film was number one um merrick's death is different 
in the original screenplay, Merrick commits suicide to save him from becoming a vampire and being under control of Lothos. So Lothos is like, hey, I'm just going to make you a vampire and you'll have to do what I say. And you'll tell me who the vampire slayer is. So I don't pre- know why I didn't think about this hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Um, so, yeah. So that was one thing that changed. That would have made it a lot darker. And then the ending was a little more bombastic in the in the comic where she, she basically burns down the gym. Mm. Um, and it's a little more catastrophic. But it's not really enough to really substantially change the plot or even the tone. Like, the tone is, I don't think it would be that different. So, I mean, like a lot of, again, a lot is made is of like, oh, man, what if, if only we were able to see Joss Whedon's version of it. It's like, it wouldn't have been that much better, I don't think. Um... Because what we're given the end is like so anticlimactic. It's like the vampires invade the dance, and then Lotho shows up and pretty much immediately is killed by van- by Buffy. It's interesting the da- <laughs> they go to like great length to to like kind of kind of um, describe and respect the rules of vampires. You know, they're like, hey, you have to be let in. You know, you have to be invited right, in. Right. And then they and then they continue to try to respect those things at their own peril, <laughs> at the movie maker's own peril, uh-huh. because I think that has to do with a residence. Like you have to be invited into a residence. You don't have to be invited into a public school. It's public is in the name. <laughs> mm, yeah. But all the vampires are dancing around the perimeter of the. Of the gym, like grabbing people from the window who, who goofily like run by the window screaming, you know, they're right. like, ah, and then they, and then they get too close to the window and one of the vampires grabs them. And then for no apparent reason at all, the vampires are in the gym. Well, like, it's, they it's were con- respecting it. And then like, and then they like convince somebody at the door to be like, yeah, come on in. No, <laughs> no. Actually, I think this was, this was one of the things that worked. I think you might've missed it, but. They were invited because a lot of the vampires were seniors, and it was the senior dance, so they got invitations sent to them. Oh, it's all coming. My massive plot hole is is, uh, is but, closing up. No, it's it's still a plot hole because they were invited, but they also stay mostly outside. Well, not all of them were high school, And then some of them, I guess, yeah. <laughs> It's, Can see, a vampire invite other vampires in? This, this yeah, is an interesting Oh, yeah. oh. I think we've just been... Hmm. Wait a minute. Okay, so, okay, now now we're getting into something interesting. This whole this whole review, I've been, like, questioning, like, what are we doing here? But now I think, now I think we've honed in on something. What are the rules surrounding vampires slash what is your vampire strategy? Because we've had, we have a longstanding hmm. debate about, about zombies, specifically the best... The best simple weapon to use with zombies. I say uh-huh. bats, you right. say spears. The debate rages on. There's people on team bat, people on team spear. This was a good, uh, there was a spear moment in this movie. She did use a flagpole oh, look, with a spear on the end of listen it. Listen to me. There has never been a stronger argument for spear than <laughs> than a changing right. zombie right. zombies to, to vampires. I will. N- I look. I'm a man of reason. Right. I always want to be on the side uh-huh. of right. Right. A spear is 
obviously right. a better weapon to choose against yeah. zombies. Spear is just a long stake. Against vampires. Um, Yeah, I mean, you could skewer four or five vampires onto one spear. (laughs) Yeah. Get a kebab going. Yeah. Um, But, okay, so, like, what's the best... uh, With with all the different vampire movies, including, like, uh, Van Helsing, that goofy Van Helsing movie, and it's, like, one or two... Mm-hmm. We've seen a lot of methods to deal and blade. We've seen a lot of methods to deal with uh-huh. vampires. What's the best? What are you going with? See, this is the thing: is like there's so much leeway given to the vampire lore mm. across movie universes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where I don't. It's actually kind of surprising that I've, I've been reading Dracula. Dracula, it's all there. Like everything that you think about. With vampires, it's like it's established in Dracula and all that stuff still works. But then everything that came after it, like, either adds something or like takes something away. So, like, the one that's most easily left by the wayside is the cross, the image of the cross, or like religious symbology. In every other movie of modern times, it's like, haha, idiot, that doesn't matter to me now. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's, I think there's like a, like a really cheap Nigerian movie where the the vampire was Jewish, <laughs> and the symbol that they were expelled by was the the Star of David. Okay, I gotta find that clip. Um, but yeah, like that stuff. We're like, Haha, idiot. We don't care about crosses, or like, Haha, holy water's just water to me. Yeah, but but that- sunlight is you know sunlight you're fucked and a stake through the heart you're fucked like those are the two things that remain consistent everything else like garlic and religious symbology and like the not being able to invite them in like all that's kind of like hmm yeah i don't know what weapon are you going with um yeah let's do stick with spear man you sticking with spear yeah hmm so a couple things crossed my mind we're gonna have to like we're gonna have to like uh, kind of refine this this discussion a little bit for me to really kind of like really truly understand what's a good weapon and what isn't. But I mean, I feel like it wouldn't be a bad idea to have a mirror, uh, just so that you can like reflect the sunlight onto them somehow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but that's only fifty percent of the time, right? Well, that's only if you're finding them in the daytime, right? Which that's what, they're that's what usually I'm not active. Um, yeah, I mean. Maybe this is too simple of a of a question because it's so obvious. It's like, no, it's a wooden stake through the heart. Right. Um, and then you got Van Helsing with like a Gatling gun of stakes. Mm-hmm. But that's that's going to jam. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. There's no way to get those stakes dead on the same every time. You know, the reason right. a nine millimeter doesn't jam is because it's consistent. Right, in ammunition, right, right. In ammunition. A wooden stake is different every time. And wooden stakes expand with heat a I, lot more than or, metal. Or water, yeah. I mean, if it's humid outside, fuck you. Right. Yeah, you can't um, be fighting those Louisiana vampires with that shit. I think in terms of, like, cinematic vampire weapons, um, effectiveness, I mean, Blade's sword is pretty fucking great like he just explodes vampires with that thing because it's made of silver this is a mm-hmm. thing that was i think was kind of added later on and they're like yeah silver werewolves too. don't like silver uh vampires don't either right uh so like if 
it's like if a if Blade's sword touches a vampire, they just kind of explode into ash for some reason. Yeah, that was cool. Man, Blade was <coughs> was such a cool movie. We should definitely. We should yeah, we should do Blade. Blade. That's very campy. Like this is. We should do like a whole month of vampire movies. Now that I'm reading Dracula, I'm Ugh. like, we got to cover some of these. Oh, please no. I. Ugh. You don't like? I see. I have a very. Soft spot in my heart for vampires. There was one of my favorite monsters growing up. Really? Mm-hmm. Why? I don't know. I I had like a book a book of like it's one of those like Barnes and Noble discount bin books. Yeah. That was like vampire stories. I don't even think I even read that many of it, but it was one of those things that like sat, sat on my shelf. I'm like, yeah, vampires. I read a book from the library called Prisoner of Vampires that was like I really liked. Um, Isn't it weird how we just kind of like arbitrarily choose a thing to be like, that's cool. Like, you just kind of make up your mind suddenly one day without really like a lot. But none of the universal monsters ever really did too much for me. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, in terms of like looking at the universal monsters, like Dracula is the most interesting. No, no. I mean, to me, the one that the one that did work decently were werewolves. Um, yeah, that, that would be a second for me, but like vampires, it's like the seductiveness and like the, it's basically like, okay, here's what it is. This is why I like them. I just cracked the code. Dangerous sex. Vampires are the James Bond monster. It's like, yeah, it's, it's the monster that fucks, you know, (laughs) like they're suave, they're seductive. And they fucking kill people. Yeah, I think, I think this is the thing. This is the. Th- Did you like James Bond? Do you like 007 oh, movies? Um, you know, decently. Like not, yeah. not like you do. Um, yeah, I think I, I love them. I think it kind of boils down to the thing that you're that that you most identify with, right? So, like, you see the werewolf. It's a guy out of control, mm. rage. He doesn't, uh, you know, he he doesn't like what he is, but but uh, nevertheless, he's she's forced to do the thing, and I, that I, I that rings with me. And then and then you know uh, Frankenstein. I didn't fucking ask for the Frankenstein's <laughs> monster. Like I don't want to be alive, you know. Like what? Right. I shouldn't be here, kind of thing. Kind of like the Radiohead creep. <laughs> yeah, I should probably gravitate more towards Frankenstein's monster, but... You know. No, because it's the thing that you... It can also be the thing that you want, right? right. Which is like... I want to fuck. Yeah, dude. Yeah, and 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 uh, Dracula definitely fucks. The other thing about vampires is they got cool superpowers. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, they have the... It's like the superhero of Universal Monsters. It's like, oh, Frankenstein is really strong and will beat you up. The uh, wolf man, he's really strong. He'll eat you up. The mummy, oh, he's really strong. He's going to beat you up. Uh, the uh, creature the, from the Black Lagoon, oh, he's, he's a very strong swimmer. And he'll beat you up. The vampire is like, he can fucking turn into bats. He can control your mind. He can control, like, other vampires. He can, like, yeah. shapeshift. He can turn younger he's and older. Take, he's got to take naps. Um, right. <laughs> That's one thing we we didn't get any of in Buffy. No bats. Zero bats. It's true. Not a single fucking bat. Hmm. No, An animal or otherwise. Or not. No weapons as bats either. Either. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So. 
kind of curious about the TV series. It's so beloved. Like, I wonder if I should go back and watch some of it. I say do it. Lots of people, lots of people love Buffy and Angel. Like, yeah, like, oh, man, like you talk to you talk to some girls, man. They're going to be they're going to be like Angel. And you're going to be like, what? And they're like, shut the fuck up. You know, like. I'm still so impressed with with my cracking the code that vampires are the are the James Bond of movie monsters. That's that's a super. A big breakthrough for Bryce. Yeah, it's a big breakthrough for me. I think I'm going to use that. Check out the big from now brain on. on Bryce. Oh, what if what if James Bond was turned into a vampire? Dude, dude, James Bond vampire. That should be the next series. They just ended the Daniel Craig movies. They're looking. They're looking for their next James Bond. They're looking for their next like. What are we going to do with the character? That's what they should do. Vampire James Bond. And then all like the the being a lech makes sense. Who would be a good next James Bond? Um personally I think they have to go younger again. They gotta go like someone in their late twenties to thirties. Oh. And I think they should do a period piece. They should do it like based in the sixties, seventies. I disagree. I think I think you got real. You're you're passing up a real opportunity with like Tom Harvey. Tom Hardy. Ugh. No. Why not? You don't like Tom Hardy? Tom Hardy's fine. He would make a terrible James Bond. What are you talking about? He'd make a terrible James Bond. Why? He's not suave. He's kind of a nerd. What are you talking about? What movie has Tom Hardy been suave in? Uh, is Bane? Uh, it's not suave. As as uh, Bane is an incel. <laughs> you're an incel. How's that feel? It hurts a little bit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, is uh, as the the fucking guy in the prison. The, the yeah, he's a tough guy. Yeah, he's a convincing tough guy. He's not convincing suave. Okay, who's the guy that looks exactly like Tom Hardy, but is much more suave than him? Who's in The Invitation. <laughs> Dude, did you know Paul Rubens was in Reanimator? Was he? Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, the Invitation. You know who would be good? This would be like a the, the switch of, you know, every British person playing every iconic American mm. character. Mm. Could have... Oh, shit. I just realized that he's not he's not American. Dude, never, never mind. Logan Marshall Green, the guy who looks just like Tom Hardy from The Invitation. Logan Marshall Green. Yeah, here, look. I can't see. I know, hang on. I'm making it big for you. Tell me that is not fucking James Bond material. Yeah, that's pretty good. Whew. Like a younger, uh, who's the guy that played Superman? Oh, no way. Um, What's his name? <laughs> He's way too straight-laced. He, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, we all know who you're. Or the about. guy he he played Witcher or whatever. Um, oh yeah, no, he would be okay. Yeah, he'd be he'd be convincing. I think he's getting a little older. Um, yeah, I think I think they should go with an unknown or someone like in TV that doesn't have a lot of attention on him. That's kind of where they've had their most success, I think. Um, I don't think there's anyone running for it right now. Paul Rubens. 
Paul Rubens. Yes. No, Bobcat Goldthwait. <laughs> but yeah, I really think they should go back to like the 60s, 70s when it's like, or even just Cold War era where it makes sense to have spy movies. Mike Myers. Like every every single James Bond movie now is like, you're a spy in the digital era. Someone made a computer program. It's real bad. You go find them. Yeah. It's like, okay. Like no one's like got the codes to a nuclear weapon or anything. Like no one's like, all right. It's all about computer virus stuff. Hear that loud snapping in the theaters? That's everyone's retinas detaching <laughs> from rolling their eyes so hard. Um, yeah. Oh, man. I think we talked at length about James Bond movies on the Afterpod one time. Yeah, I think we did. I've I've seen them all, I think. Just once? <laughs> There's a lot of them. I've seen, I mean, I've seen several of them several times, but I've seen all of them. And then I think there might be one that I might not have seen, but it's like a remake of What's your favorite one? Um... Man with a uh no, no yeah what's what's it called Goldfinger is solid yeah like that's where it's like oh this is where almost all of this came from it was it still holds up it's anachronistic like it's very sexist but Goldfinger's great um I really really like the uh, Timothy Dalton ones both of those are pretty great and i'll get flack for that from james bond fans um ends up if you watch them now like almost all of the um pierce brosnan ones are trash almost all of the dare you almost all of the um what's his name uh roger moore ones are trash and roger moore was like my james bond that was like the one was like that's james bond who cares about sean connery it's Roger Moore. You watch them now, and they're like, they're they're pretty bad. Like they're they're pretty bad. Timothy Dalton's like, like those movies were ahead of the time because they're much darker in tone, and I don't people I don't think people were ready for it coming off of Roger Moore. Um, but then yeah, Pierce Brosnan ones are just really bad. I I, but I mean like probably overall like that's what the one that stands apart is probably skyfall skyfall is like probably the best movie mm. i think goldfinger is the best james bond movie ah. skyfall is like the best movie movie yeah gotcha um so let's wrap this up what uh who is this for who is buffy the vampire slayer like who, final recommendations who, i mean <laughs> obviously people in their 40s um like I think um I think if you're if you're a woman like this is a much more important film for you than it is for us. Yeah, if this was a part of your childhood as a as a little girl that it I can tell uh that that it was important to carry. Like she was like this movie made me feel empowered and I was like, "Well, good." Um if you're into like kitsch if you're into like the 90s, obviously. This is like 
This is like Encino Man, Clueless. Like this is such a early '90s, just like time capsule, right? Of and what an incredibly diverse cast. Yeah, like I really can't say it enough. Every moment you're gonna be like, is that Hillary Swank? Is that Ben Affleck? Is that Paul Rubens? Is that Rucker Howard? Is that Donald Sutherland? Is that right? It's just like what? 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 Is that David? Uh, what's his name? Arquette. Arquette. Crazy. Yeah, I mean it's it's a uh, it's an oddity. It's worth seeing for like its oddityness, but um, it's not like required viewing. Definitely, nah, nah, nah. nah. And yeah. come at us. Let us know what you think by calling us at six eight two two five three four four six eight. Hey, by the way, I think it's about that time, isn't it? It is. Oh well, it's time for horror movie. Horror movie horrors is a segment where we check our voicemail from you all beautiful people. Um, it's been a little bit since we've uh, checked it. I have the first one right here. We can. Uh, I've I've done research. I can certifiably tell you this is the first. Okay. Here we go. Stop, little bitches. All right. Um, let I I have logistics first, and then I'll go in a little rant. Okay. Is there a way or a place you guys have like an index of all the movies you have reviewed, like in alphabetical order or some shit, to like? like past past movies I feel like I've watched every content you guys have made and even your afterpods but I don't want to be scrolling for like 30 minutes to get to like newer movies and stuff and yeah I was wondering if you guys have like an index or some shit mm-hmm. um other thing um and your guys' last review um especially with Stranger by the Lake and because it is Pride Month and I'm a titty girl uh you guys should review or at least go look it out and check it out, is the Vampiro's Lesbos from 1971, and it's just female porn. It's, it's just vampires. It counts as a horror movie, but it's all vag, all tits, no dicks. So, yeah, just check that out. Uh, love you guys. Hope everything's good. Keep shooting out the content, because I need more to listen to. Bye! <laughs> I know shooting out the content. I know her voice. I just she never introduces herself, so I don't know right. who she is. I love her, but she started that call off by saying, "I think she said fat little bitches." Was she calling us fat little bitches? It's a uh, what's that called? Apropos, one hundred percent right. <laughs> uh, well, it's an oxymoron. How can you be fat and little? Well, you a little. F- I mean, little fat seen, little bitch. You've seen hamsters. I guess, yeah. You've seen guinea pigs. Hey, you fat little bitch. Yeah. I have a guinea pig. Its name is Fat Little Bitch. <laughs> um, yeah, we got to cover Vampiros Lesbos. Bryce talks about Vampiros Lesbos more than anybody I've ever known. Really? Yes. You've mentioned it. It's on one of every those night that... channels ad we've ever done. Well, like, yeah, they got a Vampiros Lesbos shirt. I was like, oh, I don't know nothing about it other than Bryce likes it. I think it's one of those things that, like, I know nothing about, but, like, the fact that that thing exists, it's like, this must mean something to people. Right. Yeah, no. So, it'll mean something to her, and, and now I'm very, very interested. Uh, next caller. 
You all right, fellas? It's uh, English Luke. A little bit behind. Just um, listen to... Actually, we should probably answer the last caller's question. So, oh, in yeah, terms no. of in terms of like the archive, no, there's no singular place where you can see everything we covered. And in yeah, it's a little hard order. to find it. But what, my best advice is go to our website and use the search feature. If there's something that you're wondering whether we covered, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I have an Excel spreadsheet that could theoretically do what she's asking. That's right. Uh, There's probably a way for me to do it in the website as a list, but it would still be just a list of all the blogs. Yeah, but you could you could sort by date or by alphabetical. You could sort by two columns, right? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's too much. It's too too much hard work for us to do. I don't think so. I mean, it's, so yeah, it's, we could do. It is a good idea. The episodes one, we could probably just make the spreadsheet. Or a spreadsheet public, yeah. which would be easy. Well, no. But the the stuff on Patreon is a little harder because there's Patreon um, exclusive stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, well, I mean, she's not asking about Patreon. But, well, she seems to listen to all the afterpods. So. But I think, I think with a little bit of research, we could probably make something like this happen if there were enough demand for it. Yeah. Right now, there's just really just you just kind of asking for it. Although... There have been a couple people be like, "What have you reviewed?" And it's like, "Hey, yeah, good point." At this, I think this is about four years of us being on. Yeah, coming up, show. it'll be four year anniversary the end of this month. Yeah, next couple weeks here. Anywho, um, I mean, honestly, the if it's you're wondering if they co- if we covered a thing, that answer is very easy. Yeah, you search on Google horror movie talk, and then the title of the thing. Yeah, and anything that we've done will show up on our website. Or you go on our website and use the search feature on the website to, to do the same thing. Um, Patreon, it's a little more difficult. I think it's the ones that we are exclusive. We've included a list on the I, tier I, that has access to them. I made a video on Patreon that helps people uh, figure out how to sort things uh, yeah. appropriately. Okay. Next sorry. Uh, back to Luke. Is it strange by a lake? Quite interesting for a straight man to listen to two straight men talk about gay porn. Well, Still very entertaining. Um, half right. Oh, that's not one I'll be watching, I don't think. My <laughs> wife already asked too many questions about what I'm going up to. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, and I love I love the adverts. Anything that anything that's going to bring you fellas a bit, of, a bit more money. And if you can start doing this full time, then I can bring on, what is it, like 30 second advert here or there every now and again. Fuck him. Love you, lads, boy. Thanks, Luke. Yeah, we were complaining about someone that left a review about the the reviews, or left us a review about the ads. Like, There's too many ads now. It's a free show, and you have a 30-second skip button. Yeah. Like, don't be a bitch. Like, dude, are you joking? Like, you're going to, you're going to, be- you're going to. Even like not support the show monetarily and complain <coughs> when we throw in some ads. Don't, yeah. don't be that person. Like, you just hit the thirty second skip button. Yeah. Ah oh, man, listen to us. We sound like two fat little bitches. Ah, uh, fat little bitches. That's what we should change the the description of the <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> yeah, fat uh, little bitches. The. Uh, what, we, what was the original one? Two schlubby guys. Two fat little bitches. 
They're opinionated and accidentally funny. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's that time again, boys. The beast from the northeast has come to feed. And on that note, I have a recommendation. Uh, you guys should check out Deathgasm, if you haven't already, which I think you haven't. It's a horror movie about metal music. So, yeah, Deathgasm. Pretty sure Bryce, Bryce would love that one. So, all right, guys. I'll see you later. Bye. Have you seen Deathgasm? I have not. No. Man, you should have. That could have been a title for Stranger by the Lake. Deathgasm. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think that would have played to the audience that really truly enjoys Street. Probably. Not. Um. Well, we take all recommendations recommendations under advisement, True. and then store them in the way in the the filing cabinet in our mind of like. If only you could have seen the little shrug that Bryce just did to me. It's just not feasible. Like, it's it's almost like, I don't want to be rude, but when people say, like, oh, you guys should cover this, I, I almost want to go, like, oh, we're not going to do that. Well, look, here, here's like, the deal. Here's the there's deal. There's one avenue to get us to do something, and it's through democracy there, and through... Listen, listen, look, look. There is a graffiti artist, an incredibly talented graffiti artist out of Austin who did it, who who put up when y'all shut up and his name's this bird and you should check out his Instagram because he he paid $666 uh for us to review um the uh I can't remember the the exorcism of Rose McGowan or something of like Emily that. Rose? No, it wasn't Emily Rose. Um uh, I can't recall the name of it. You, we, we could look uh, it up. Or something, uh, like that. Or something. But he, you look, and then also, like I've been telling people, you know, because you get hit up as a, as a small as a uh, movie review podcast, you get a lot of independent movies. Look, if if you have a movie or or a business that you want to promote, like we have a, a a reasonable tier on Patreon for that. If you want to talk about, you know, plug your stuff, um, six sixty six dollars for two months. Um, you know, allows you to get on the show and plug your plug your business, your small business, or your movie, or whatever. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but we're just not. You, you don't want us to yeah. review your independent. It's yeah. To explain it, it sounds like we're entitled people, but like, it's not our. It's like assigned homework. Yeah, like if you're assigned a book for a book report. It's not as enjoyable. So to watch, to be forced to watch a horror movie every week, it's like, you got to have a choice in what it is. Like, you know, it's like, I can't just have this left open to someone else's whims. It has to be, you know, at least have a chance of me having input on it. Anyways. Yeah, go. Well said. Hey guys, it's Elizabeth. Um, I just saw the box phone the other day. Really good. Um, not what I want to talk about. I have just a rant that I wanted to rant about. I know you guys would understand. We were in the theater and I swear this guy in front of us, there was only like 10 of us in the theater. This guy in front of us pulled his phone out like 10 freaking times during this movie. And the screen wasn't even dim. It was like bright screen in your face. We were sitting behind him so we could see it. And 
you know, this is the black phone is supposed to be like a suspenseful movie. And, you know, it's like, how inconsiderate are you? How much of a slave are you to your phone that you cannot put it away for two freaking hours? Like, we wanted to say something to him because he did it like five or six times. But, you know, people are crazy these days. And I just didn't want to get into like some kind of scuffle. So I don't know. What do you, I'm sure you guys can agree with me on that. But God, it's so freaking frustrating. But the movie was great. So anyway, have a good day. Keep up the good work. Later. Love you, Elizabeth. I, I agree with her. Like, I hate this more than I, and then people talking in the theater. Like, this is, like I can, movies are a communal experience. So like I can accept like teenagers laughing or having like internal dialogues or like doing stuff like, yeah, it's distracting, but it's like, it, it is what it is. And it's kind of part of the experience. People taking out their phones, like this little where it invades like your peripherally peripheral vision with this like bright little square of look, light. You're look, like, Fuck you! There exists a place for you in the theater. It's in the back, dumbass. Right. Like, if you, like, I have to, like, I, I take notes on my phone, but if I know I'm going to take notes on my phone because I don't have, like, a notepad or something like that, I just get a fucking seat in the back, at the very back. Yeah. That way, and then I turn the, yeah, the brightness way, way down, and I have, uh, everything on my phone is in dark mode anyway, right. so it's like... Are you not? Yeah. Uh, good on you, though, Elizabeth, for prioritizing your safety above your uh, your irritation. Although, I, I don't know. Have, have you ever been in a theater with me uh, where I have a freak out on someone? Uh, yeah, I think once or twice. Well, not freak out, but like you have gotten bothered to be prickly enough to like turn to someone several times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have a couple times in front of you. Yeah. I can't, I can't do it. Somebody's fucking being annoying. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Hey, put your phone away. Like, yeah, I'll, yeah. I can't, I can't do it. You're very good at that. You're very comfortable with confrontation, confrontation. And I'm, I'm not comfortable with it. I hate it. I hate it so much. It's the worst. It's just, I'm so much more irritated. Like you got to understand how much anger is coursing through me. Like, right. It's a lot. Yeah. I hate it. And even though, like, if you're not sitting in the back, put it in your shirt. Put it in your jacket. Be, like, considerate, you yeah. asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hello, this is Andy at General John's Moving and Storage. I might have a wrong number. I'm calling for David. You had requested some help on an Turn it off! Move. Turn it off! Uh, our <laughs> Did you give him the podcast number? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just a brain fart? Yeah. No. Or you just didn't want to give them your number. Yeah. That's one of those oh, things. Jesus. You know. Hey, this is Robert the Farter. Um, I just wanted to say <laughs> that I've been going through some some tough some tough times. Oh no. And I won't go any more detailed into that, but I just want to thank you guys for what you do and listening to you guys every day has really helped helped with my day, you know, just cheers me up and stuff. And I also wanted to say that if you guys like Dooley's that much, you should watch the second one. Okay. Oh, um, yeah, it's a great one. It's totally a hidden gem. It's way better than the first. And unlike the first, it's, it is way more about the actual Ghoulies and not the cult stuff like the first one. Yeah. Um, also, I just had a question for you guys. 
I was wondering what the scariest movie you've ever seen before is. Like, just the movie that scared you the most while you were watching it. Uh, uh, yeah. So, that's my question. Uh, anyways, bye. Man, Robert, I'm sorry you're going through tough times. This is Robert the Farter. He's certifiably my favorite caller. Yeah. I'm sorry to all the rest of you, but Robert holds a special dear, dear place in my mm-hmm. heart. And um, This is one of the things that's very confusing for me, but it's something that's said very often, which is like, you guys make life better or less hard for me when I listen to you. It's like, I don't. I guess just whatever like, you say, man. <laughs> letting letting people laugh at us is therapeutic for them. Must be in uh, in a significant way for some people, and and uh, I don't want that pressure to be honest. <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm so glad that um, we uh, alleviate some of that. You know, some of the tough times, man. And, and yeah, you know, life is miserable. You know, I've been meaning to say this over the last couple calls. Robert and listen, Robert, this is this is comes comes from a, a place of me being me liking you so much that I've taken so much time to think about this. <laughs> you gotta understand where this is coming from. Robert's voice has changed. He's been calling for about a year, maybe or a little more. And his voice is his his he's becoming a man, and um, I wonder if that's where some of the tough times are coming from. But in but regardless, man. Hey, this is Robert the farter. Yeah, this is pretty noticeably lower. Yeah, not. Yeah, no, I listen, listen. Robert's a fan of us. I there's no way he's a bigger fan of us than I am of him. Yeah. Uh, Robert, you make my tough times better. So, um, so thank you for continuing to call in. And yes, Ghoulies Two is is definitely a hidden gem. It's way better than the first. I think the director on it was Richard Band's, or Char- is it Charles Band? Charles Band's mm-hmm. dad. Um, mm-hmm. So, which is interesting, and it got a, lo- a lot bigger budget. Uh, it got a couple million dollar budget, and it was set at a. Like a fair or like a, uh, oh yeah, it's it's great. That would it's, work. It's a lot better. We got another one from Robert. Hey, this is Robert the farter again. I just forgot to say, um, you guys think that rats night of terror is bad? You you should watch Troll Two, dude. This movie, this movie is so bad. But yeah, you guys should watch that. Anyways, Robert DeParter, I'm out. Hey. hey! Hey, and by the way, so we didn't answer his question. What's our What's the movie that scared us? The oh most? yeah, um, I think for me, I know what you're gonna say. What am I gonna say? The Exorcist. No. Oh. No. Oh, okay. Um, I think for me, for like the viewing experience, it's probably a close tie between Blair Witch and paranormal activity that's mine paranormal yeah. activity that is definitely mine like that's and it it's ironic because there's it just doesn't show anything it's like yeah, that's, almost that's what does it yeah it's all in my head man i i'm so much i got so much scarier thoughts up there <laughs> and i think part of it is just it's confu- especially blair witch it's so confusing because mm-hmm. it's so like 
the camera so jerky. Anyways. Yeah, and and to uh, to to Robert uh, back when Bugsy Siegel used to call in, he would uh, he he was rallying for trolls too for a long time. Yeah, um, I wonder why what makes trolls decent, but trolls too is so notably terrible that everybody goes. I think one of them is the fact that it's it's one of those movies that I think has no relation to no. the original. They just stuck Trolls 2 on it. Got it. To get some kind of yeah, cred. You're right. And it's it's awful. I mean Trolls 2 is up there with like Room as like the it's like there's there's kind of a trifecta of known horrible movies. Yeah. There's Trolls 2, The Room, and Plan 9 from Outer Space. And mostly they're known because there's documentaries about them being right. a horrible movie right, right. or or like media that talks about it as a horrible movie. I can guarantee you there are worse movies. Oh, and they're yes. made by Charles Band. Yeah, and they are all made by Charles <laughs> Band, for sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is from Dominic. Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Dominic calling from Buffalo, New York. Um I just wanted to call in and ask you guys if you heard they're making a Butt Boy 2. <gasps> they're calling it Dickhole Man. And you guessed it. He's going to shove kids, animals, and everything up between up his dickhole. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. I'm just make sure you guys had a great 4th of July weekend. I know I did. I uh, got some strippers to shoot some bottle rockets out of their assholes. And uh, <laughs> no taints were burned. No fires were started. And <laughs> that's even something Honest Abe would approve of. So, anyways, take care. Hmm. You know, uh, that is a that is that's some good old fashioned American. <laughs> How was your fourth? Um, it was good. I I tasked Aaron with buying the fireworks this year, which was a mistake. Um, because she went overboard. Um, I've see. Okay. All right. Well, this is going to be a whole rant now, because I got to talk about the fourth. Um. I when you're a kid, when I was a little boy that was a little pyromaniac, I always yearned for the day that I would get to be the one that set off the fireworks or buy the fireworks. And now that I am, it's like the most tedious, boring thing. Like I don't want to. I don't care. I don't yeah, care about I setting have, off these I fireworks. Have no energy around it at all. It's definitely a thing that's just. It's fun to spend someone else's money. Right, yeah. Which is probably why Aaron did a good job. <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's the last couple of years, it's like, I go. No, that's a, that's a, that is a horrible joke, and I did not mean that. I, Aaron, if you're listening, that's just a joke. Um, but true. Um, Whoa! The, the I, I've, like, done the, I'm going to get the cheapest, like, box O fireworks that I can, and then augment it with one or two yeah. things. Like, get, like a shells thing and get like some of the puny things that I have nostalgia for, but mostly your night can be contained in like a 20 or $30 box box. of fireworks. Um, yeah. Aaron got like four boxes of shells and like a couple giant, you know, you know, a uh, finale. Wow. Box uh, boxes, you know. You let Neston light these things or Penny? Heck no, no. Oh. It was all us. Okay. Um, but uh, and a bunch of sprinklers and stuff. And it ends up being like the kids are bored after like ten minutes of it. Really? Colin was like, "I want to go home and go to bed." 
which is insane. Like he, eventually I, I took call. We, we lit a fireworks around my mom's house. Um, cause she lives on a cul-de-sac and eventually I had to take Colin into her house and sit on the couch. And he was even inside the couch on the couch, um, looking through the window. He's like, can we just go home? I want to go to my bed or like, can we go lay down and grandma's bed together not enough turmoil in these kids lives you know you know i think that's the problem this new this new generation is is growing up good so they don't they don't have to blow off steam by exploding things yeah so i mean it was it maybe went on it was because maybe it's because they weren't allowed to light them gotta let them light that shit so it it went on for probably longer than it needed to be but it was fun just like like any fourth the rhetoric against Fourth of July has gotten so, yeah, I'm not so sure. extreme in the last like, like three years. It's, like all of a sudden, it's here, isn't it? Just here, Portland is looking to do an outright ban. Vancouver has an outright ban. Yeah, the city limits do. Yeah, but which means we're in, nothing. We're incorporated. Yeah. yeah. So, but like the the posts on Reddit are just like, why are people lighting off fireworks? Yeah. Like what? Why? Why? It's like, okay. Are you serious? Like, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the last, I, I, I think I only noticed it last year. It was like, how dare you do violence to our animals and our veterans? Like, I have never heard anyone complain about this for the 40 years of my life, except for the last two years. Like, and yeah, I have it's empathy port, towards, I empathy, thing, man. I have empathy you. towards people that have animals and veterans that you know suffer from PTSD it's like i get it but before you were a veteran you knew about fireworks and you probably enjoyed them and if it's a problem now like yeah you should probably like go down in a basement and surround yourself with a bunch of fans and put some headphones on um and if you're a dog you're a fucking dog like, deal put them in a crate who the fuck cares like they'll They'll run away from a vacuum cleaner. Are you going to stop vacuuming? <laughs> this thing where, yeah, it's a, it's a strange inclination where because someone has a tough time, we have to pander to the lowest form of life. Yeah. It's like, it's like. And like, oh, but property gets burned every year. I'm like, yeah. Great. Property gets burned every year, not because of fireworks, too. It's like there's meth labs. There's probably more meth labs that explode in Vancouver. Dude, yeah, than- you want you want to you want to these port these Portland people want to talk about want to like do all this to, like lip service to like caring so much about the public good. It's like okay, then fucking get rid of all the horrendous violent crime and and uh, yeah. and drug abuse and uh, and homeless encampments homeless that are encampments. starting stuff on fire yeah, and burning down buildings isn't, compassion isn't allowing all this bullshit to continue okay it's like doing something about it and we're all just fucking deadly silent about that so. and i just look at like one of my most remembered cultural experiences in my life is we we went to spain and España. uh this festival in valencia called La Fi- las fias the fias um it is very heavily surrounded fire around fireworks but i don't know if i've talked about this before like if you ever if you want to travel the world go to this festival in spain it's around march every year but they build these like paper mache caricatures and like political cartoons a lot of them are effigies effigies 
that are literally like four or five stories tall, some of them. Wow. Like insanely large sculptures that are beautiful. They're like impressive works of art throughout the city into like the suburbs. And then the main night, they burn all of them. Wow. And then they have a giant fireworks festival. It is the most people I've been around in my life. Like, not joking, I'm sure I was surrounded by millions of people wow. in this in this town. It was like, watching the fireworks, um, it was chest to chest. Like, literally, as a creepy teenage boy, like, I was like, I kind of just position my hand in a certain way where I can kind of be touching this girl's butt. And um, now you're canceled. Okay. <laughs> God, and good reason, too. What a creep. I know now that teenage me was a creep and wrong. Um, I'm woke now. Mm. But, but seeing that as a cultural festival is like, this is a cool thing, and it's a one-day thing that's like, breaks the monotony of everyday life and just to say like no in america we can't do that we can't have fun things so, uh, just, we had a good time there was plenty of fucking explosions i'm not you know let let the babies cry they anyways moving on we got another one from dominic and then one more no call. no we have hey guys dominic calling in again sorry oh. i just had a call back in just to reiterate that no strippers were harmed during the process of auto rockets shooting out of assholes. Oh, good. I just wanted to make that clear. And if you're listening, do not try that at home. It's only for professional strippers. Um, their names, you know, the strippers' names were Cinnamon and Munchmouth. Yes, Munchmouth. And I don't know, don't know really why her name is Munchmouth. I just assumed she was an extra for human centipede, or she swallows more hot dogs than Joey Chestnut. But I'm sure, I'm sure it lies somewhere in the middle. Take care. Thanks, Dominic. Oh, man. It's good to know. Talking about cultural phenomenons, another one that's a must-see oh, no. is going to Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Competition on the 4th of July. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> like, Why? It's like they televise them now, so you can yeah. kind of see what some of it is. But again, huge horde of people, like insane amount of people in one place. Um. But the bombacity of one of the stupidest events mm. in the world of just like they make it seem like it's basically close to uh, professional wrestling mm. in terms of like introductions and like the importance and gravitas they set up for this momentous occasion for like this is it, you know. Yeah. And uh, I could probably find a clip of them introducing Joey Chestnut this year, but. That's fantastic, too. Um, I'm assuming he's talking about exotic dancers and not, like, people that are paint strippers. I don't know. It'd be great if it was just, like... Are you not allowed to call strippers strippers? Is that... I just envision, like, when someone says strippers, I think, like, paint strippers. So, like, middle-aged men. Oh, no. You know? No. I guess it's not really a profession. Last call. What's up, motherfuckers? This is the Beast from the Northeast, CJ, and uh, I just wanted to say that Mike is one of my favorite callers, Mike from California, and I hope he calls in more often. Mike, if you're listening, keep doing what you're doing, bro. All right, bud. Yeah, no Mike, no Mike calls. 
Thanks, CJ. No, no Mike calls this time. What, Mike, what's uh, the matter? Are Mike, you okay? come on. Keep calling. Well, what's the matter? What's going on? He, 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 maybe, maybe he's having a rough time. Maybe he lost digits in the 4th of July. Oof. Seems like a guy. Need to ban all fireworks. Oof. Yeah. Well, if it happened to Mike, everybody would be okay with him, maybe. I don't know. He fits. He he doesn't fit the right uh, uh, victim status. No, you know? I imagine there was making some assumptions here. There was a Colombian article that listed out the uh, the damages from the Fourth of July, and mm-hmm. one of them was a kid blew his hand off, and it was like kind of amusing because the family started like a Kickstarter or like a GoFundMe account, and they're like. Oh, he's such a good kid. He's got a good job at Walmart, and I'm like, yeah, it was kind of a dumb mistake. But you know, he's really needs some help. He's his major hand, and it's like, okay, your 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 grandson was very very dumb and uh, careless, and he's experiencing the consequences of that. Look at Bryce's kids with all their hands. <laughs> Um, hey, by the way, uh, that reminds me, GoFundMe, uh, we do have a charity event going on um, where we are trying to raise $2,000 for the Trevor Project. Head on over to HorrorMovieTalk.com, just scroll down just below the player on the right-hand side of the page, and uh, and help us reach our goal. We are at, I don't, I don't know, 650 bucks out of 2000 so we need all the help we can get, and that goes to help save uh, trans and LGBTQ plus IA youth. So put your money where your mouth is. If you are someone who, you know, wants to, uh, uh, who thinks the, that those are things, uh, worth supporting. So, um, is that it? Is that the show? I think that's the show. Thank you so much for calling in everyone that called in, uh, share the podcast with a friend. That's the way that we grow. We've been doing this for four years and We've got a pretty decent audience now that if you all shared it with a friend and got another person listening, that would be very significant. Um, leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or other podcast platforms where you can leave a rating. Um, and we'll see you next time. We love you. Bye. Bye. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk. An opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Go, 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 go. Also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. Wow, that didn't sound good.